It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And we are rolling on now, live on campus at Goldie Beach. Beacom College broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. All right. Thank you so much for the uh, applause and the warm welcome. Uh, I'm Adam Ritz, and we're here with Asia Ellis. Hi, Asia. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> and uh, you are a student athlete. You've got fans. I hear people cheering and whistling for you. What's uh, your team? Uh, I play softball at Goldie. Softball. What's your position? Uh, first base. First, did you have to think about it? Are you switching <laughs> positions, or do you pitch sometimes? No? Uh, no, 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 no. Can no. you hit? Good hitter? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes? <laughs> yeah. How many home runs do you have? Two. Two. Okay, that's, that's all right. That's okay. And we have goals now. Next year, you have three. Um, and real quick, how's the season going, or when is the season? How's the current status of the team? Uh, we're looking pretty good. Yeah. All right. And where's your team? Are they? All right, there they are. <laughs> Okay, well, we brought you on the show. We're a social awareness show, and we, we like to highlight character and integrity within student athletic departments uh, across the country. What, uh, Asia, is Goldie Beacom uh, up to in the world of community service? Um, we're working with the Ronald McDonald House right now, and the Student Athletic Advisory Committee is trying to throw a block party at the end of the year, so it should be fun. And what, uh, I guess... Is it just awareness or funding? Are you raising money for the Ronald McDonald House? Uh, we're, we go and like bake cookies or help them clean, and then the block party raises money for Make-A-Wish. Okay, Make-A-Wish Foundation as well. And what happens at the block party? Uh, we're not really sure yet, but it's going to be fun, though. <laughs> so we need, uh, we're looking for volunteers on the planning committee for the block party. Is that right? So if you have yeah. good ideas for the block party to raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation with Goldie Beacom College, come see Asia, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, Asia, thanks for talking to us, and I want to thank all the student athletes and students here for all of their hard work. Let's give yourselves one more round of applause for all the uh, charity work and foundation work they do here at Goldie Beacom College. Get socially technical with the Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. And we continue on now from Goldie Beacom College. I'm with Derek Cridelli. Derek, how's it going, my man? Going very good. Thank you, Adam. I'm uh, proud to be here. And before we move forward with our conversation, uh, for our listeners, where the heck are we? Where is Goldie Beacom College? Goldie Beacom College is in Wilmington, Delaware. We're a Division II school. We have a great undergraduate program. We have a tremendous graduate program as well. About uh, 800 uh, undergraduate students, and we have 10 great sports teams here play Division II in the CACC, the Central Atlantic Collegiate Conference. And you're the sports information director for the athletic department. I am. That's correct. Okay, so we're going to talk about some of these issues we like to cover on the social awareness radio show with your student athletes, uh, possibly drug and alcohol awareness, how you, got, how you educate and program with your kids to make sure they have all the uh, know-how and knowledge to keep them safe on a Friday or Saturday night, yes. uh, maybe uh, recruiting, character and integrity when you recruit a high school kid. Mm -hmm. um, before we uh, get to that, though, you said 800 students? Yes, only 800 undergraduate students. That's, I am, that is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. That is 800, okay, let me just take a step back, literally a step back, 800 students, and 
My daughter goes to a very small high school, and there's 1,200 students there. Mm -hmm. There's eight. There's this. There's a college, and yeah. it's smaller than that. Tell me how that, how that works. I guess you know, but beyond the obvious, it's a smaller knit group. It's intimate. There's a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one with professors. I mean, what else do we need to know about a college that's, that's small? Well, I mean, you get all that, but you know, the one-on-one -on -one is very important. You know, and the fact that we we don't have a whole lot of sports. I mean, it's not like the grandiose Division One schools, but you know, there is a lot of intimacy here. There's a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff. There's a lot of, you know. A lot of teams are always cheering for each other, and you see a lot of people at the games, and it, it really is a family atmosphere. And you know, it's it's being around a lot of great people. You know, we have a small staff in athletics, but it's it's very important. You know, all of our roles. We have multiple roles. We wear many hats. We work a lot with you know our administrators. We have great administration here. You know, starting from Dr. Ilias, who's retiring after 40 years to school, right down to the president-elect, Dr. Gary Word. Um, uh, Bernadette Wimley, our Dean of Students, Chris Santamuro. I mean, they all just do a tremendous job. It is one big family here. Well, that's great to hear the family uh, atmosphere, that the teams cheer for each other and go to each other's games. That's awesome. And I know there's a lot of uh, college campuses across America like this. Uh, they, you outweigh the big-time Division One schools. I mean, there's only uh, 100 of them, 150 of them. There's only about 150 There's athletes. There's 3,500 schools like this across the country. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so back to uh, Derek, uh, Sports Information Director at Goldie Beacom College. Uh, let's talk about some of these issues with your uh, student athletes. When I bring up drugs and alcohol, I want to make sure our listeners know, like I'm not uh, accusing anybody here of being a drug addict. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying practically college students, uh, possible environment uh, with some high-risk behavior, Drinking, probably for sure. Maybe there's some drugs involved too. How do you handle these tough issues with your student athletes? Well, the thing is, we have to remember we have great student athletes here, and, and you know nobody's perfect. You know, and we're not going to go to say every college has the perfect student athlete, and there's 100 percent you know success rate as far as you know there's no drinking, there's you no know, anything like that. The important thing for the student athletes to know is what are the consequences. You know, talk to people who are you know like myself in my 30s, you know, you know administrators in their 20s or 40s, and know, hey, this is what you shouldn't be doing, and here's why. We can go on and say, don't do drugs, say no to drugs, and you know, say, okay, well, why not? Well, here's why not. You post a picture on Twitter of yourself at a party with beer or a vodka bottle. You know, you may not get that job that you really, really want. You work your entire college career. You have all these internships. You meet all these great people. And you have your dream job lined up. And then all of a sudden, they go to your Twitter page. And what do they see? You with a can of Miller Lite in your hand or a whole bunch of vodka bottles sitting around. And you're not going to get that job, and you wonder why not. And that's the thing we have to teach these kids and what we do, you know, as far as, you know, these are the consequences. That's fantastic to hear, and I'm sure that um, carries over into recruiting. I mean, a conversation with a parent, mm -hmm. uh, your son or daughter is going to be safe here. And here's why, because we believe this and we, uh, we preach that and we will take care of them on this small atmosphere, make sure they don't make bad decisions or help them make better decisions. Mm -hmm. That goes a long way with uh, recruiting and parents. And since I brought up recruiting, now let's talk about uh, character and integrity. A lot of our listeners are in high school yes. and everywhere I go, all these student leadership conferences, I uh, go to a, I'm sorry, a high school student athlete will ask 
me, Mr. Ritz, how, is, how can I go play college sports? What's my best route to go play college sports? Mm -hmm. So now we've got a chance to get behind the curtain with college sports and, a, and an athletic department administrator to find out what you're looking for with a high school student athlete uh, in recruiting. And I'm not talking about athleticism, jumping, speed, strength. I'm talking about their character and integrity. What a lot of student athletes and a lot of parents want to know as well is, how is this going to help me in the future? You know, most student athletes are not going to play in the NFL or the NBA, and they accept that. You know, they want to know, are they going to play? You know, number one. But parents want to know what's going to happen in the future. Am I going to be a better person when I'm 22? Is my son or daughter going to be a better person when they're 22? You know, are they going to have a degree? Are they going to go to going to get a good education? Are they going to be surrounded by great coaches? What is the environment going to be like? It's not just going to be like running through a tunnel and playing, you know, before thousands of fans every day. You know, what's going to happen throughout their entire four years? And we're lucky here where we have a great system in place, where we have great student athletes, we have great educators, we have great people who are going to help student athletes take the next step. Because when they graduate at 22, their life isn't going to end. It's just starting. There's a reason graduation day is called commencement. Commence means to begin, you know, and we want to make sure they're getting ready for that beginning. That's a great, uh, I, you know, I've heard that term a million times, commencement, and it's, uh, you may think, okay, this is the end of college. No, it's the beginning of the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Derek Crudelli is our guest. He's the sports information director at Goldie Beacom College. Uh, we're talking about character and integrity uh, within an athletic department and uh, some of these issues that we like to cover, social awareness-wise, and I, I like to always ask a guy like you, how long have you been here? I've only been here since December, but oh, I, oh my God! Okay. But I've been a full-time administrator for 15 years. So. Okay, well then, where was your last? Uh... I was at Widener University for nine years, and before that, I was at Long Island University for five years. Okay, so Widener University. Yes. Let me put you on the spot about Widener. I love getting these success stories. Mm -hmm. um, a male or female student athlete coming through the program there. Um, you know, I don't care if they can do a thousand push-ups or not, uh, and I don't care if they won the conference championship or not. Mm -hmm. Give me a success story on a, on a character-driven, integrity-based student-athlete that has gone through the Widener program pretty much under your administration, and now they are doing what? Okay, well, um, I think the best example right now is, um, let's pick Macharia Yurit, who's one of the lost boys of the Sudan. He was, um, he trekked a thousand miles, uh, on foot with a whole bunch of refugees, you know, trying to get out of Civil War territory. And he was like a bunch of other Sudanese, came over to America. So he got himself over here, and he moved to Philadelphia, and a f knew a friend of his from where he went to high school, West Catholic High School, and enrolled at Widener University, competed in the track and field and cross-country team, and all he did was become a four-time cross-country champion. Uh, God knows how many... MAC championships he won, and his senior year, fall of 2006, he won the NCAA Division III cross-country title. That and is he, amazing. And he later on became an American citizen. And I know he's working. I, I, fortunately, I don't know exactly where he's working. I know he has a job. I know he's doing very well. But uh, through everything, became a U.S. citizen. And, you know, he's a great kid and, you know, very happy for him. What a great story. I, I love 
college athletics and, and behind-the-scenes stories like that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, Derek Crudelli, uh, can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing some of your expertise in the world of social awareness and how you handle these issues, some of them anyway, with your student-athletes here at Goldie Beacom College. I love your logo. You are the lightning. Yes, we are. All right. You're quick and sharp and fast. The lightning of Goldie Beacom College. Derek, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. I appreciate spending time with our student-athletes tonight. You can catch up with The Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. We thank you for hanging out with The Adam Ritz Show. I'm your host, Adam Ritz. Our next guest is uh, now a good friend of mine. I've spent all day with him here in Boone, North Carolina, on the campus of Appalachian State University. He's Reggie Hunt. Hi, Reggie. How are you? Hey, Adam. I'm wonderful. And then first of all, let me just say how awesome it was today. We're so honored to have you here. And it, was, it exceeded our expectations to have you here speaking to our players tonight. And we really thank you for being here. Well, I can't thank you enough for saying that. Uh, yes, we did have a little team meeting with the players. They're the football team, the football players at App State. And our listeners will remember that uh, Appalachian State University, the Mountaineers, uh, world famous now for a huge win over the Michigan Wolverines in what year was that? That was 2007. And you uh, were here. And I was here. I was here on the field, in the stadium, actually got to give the pregame uh, motivational that day uh, for that event. So it was a, for that game, it was an awesome time. Okay, so we bring you on the show. This is a social awareness talk show. We talk about inspirational stories. And, uh, I mean, if you ask me, one of the most uh, important moments in the last 50 years of college football in America, it's that game. It's when Appalachian, Appalachian State beat Michigan. I mean, that is such a Rocky Hoosiers-type uh, underdog story, beating the big team in their home, yeah. the big house. I mean, it's even called sure, the big house, sure. 109,000 people. And you take them down yeah. with a last second. The field goal was blocked. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it's even more fitting for you to be on this show because you're the team chaplain. Yeah. So you're the – you're the pray guy, man. You you said the right <laughs> prayers that day. Apparently, I was I was nervous. I didn't know whether or not that we should talk about a lamb being led to a slaughter or David and Goliath <laughs> or what should we talk about? Should we talk about faith in this moment? But it was a fun day to really uh, motivate the guys, you know, in, in a pregame in a pregame motivation for that week. So you gave the pregame uh, motivational speech slash prayer, sure. and uh, do you remember it like it was yesterday? I, I do. I remember the whole year we had already won two national championships. So we're coming, working hard, and preparing for a third national championship. We've got a big game against number five, Michigan. You and know. you said, not to interrupt, but a national championship, one double A? Yes. Is that what yeah. it is? Okay. Back-to-back one double A national championships, and uh, now we're preparing for number five, Michigan. And I'm wondering, what am I going to say? And, uh, you know, I, had, I, I, I was so nervous that whole weekend about this pregame uh, having to fly in the mission and give this pregame. And, you know, that morning we just talked about one of the points was do we want to build a monument or a memorial? You know, there's people that have gone before us as Appalachian uh, players, and we have a legacy here at Appalachian, and today would be a good day for us to continue our legacy and to build our legacy. So the pregame speech that morning was actually about legacy. What are we going to do? This is going to be a defining moment for us. And when the defining moment comes, either you define the moment or the moment defines you. And so we're talking about people in the Bible who had defining moments. We're talking about people uh, who played at Appalachian who had defining moments. And uh, that was pretty much it. You know, and uh, I was extremely nervous, you know, sharing that pregame because at that time I'd only been 
um, doing the pregame motivation for maybe about four uh, years or so. So um, three years actually. So I, I wanted to keep my contract as the you know as the pregame uh, you know <laughs> speaker. And so it was a real real fun day for us. All I can think of is is uh, in the world of sports and faith as the team pastor, uh, and you won the game. Sure. Uh, had you not won the game. You were up 14 points. We were talking about this sure. earlier. You're up 14 points. If Michigan wins that game, would you be like the bishop in Caddyshack? Would you say? <laughs> would you denounce your faith and uh, no. just start drinking? No. You know, the, the, the first I started off as the second string chaplain, and I always say that's not, not that's nothing you write home about. You know, and the first game that I uh, gave the pregame for, we were just uh, we got annihilated by Wyoming, and I thought, Lord, if these games depend on my pregame speech, we are in trouble. <laughs> my first year, we were six and five. You know. My my second year, uh, we won the national championship, and everybody said, it's because of the chaplain. And then when we lost uh, the fourth championship run, everybody said, it's because of the chaplain. So I've learned not to really define myself you know, by who wins that game, but it, there was a lot of prayers on that day. There was a lot of prayers on that Michigan day. Uh, and afterwards I, afterwards, I was so sick. I think I'd been nervous and maybe had heat exhaustion and stuff like that, that uh, I actually you know, passed out on the plane and, <laughs> and then on the tarmac, and I actually didn't get to be a part of the celebration here. I had to watch it on video. I think I put enough energy and enough prayers that day in the hoping that we would win that game. Well, you did your job. Uh, the prayers worked. Uh, one of the most inspiring uh, games in college football history just a few years ago, uh, Appalachian State beating Michigan at Michigan. Uh, you are Reggie Hunt, the team chaplain with Appalachian State, and um, you were telling me you're also a, pa you're a pastor in town yeah. here in Boone, North Carolina. You've got a church. You uh, sure. do this every Sunday. You, you preach. Yeah, I pastor a church called Cornerstone Summit, and, you know, it's really unique because I started off being here as a chaplain and had, a, had pastored another church, and my tenure of being the chaplain here, uh, me and a few uh, guys from Appalachian State, a few former football players, actually started our church, and so it's been really cool to kind of have that inspiration on that side. But to walk with these guys uh, as a chaplain and then later on as a director of player development, I get to be intricately uh, involved in their life, you know, in so many different aspects, uh, life skills and leadership and, you know, um, uh, academic goals as well as their uh, spiritual development. So Saturday morning, game day, you're giving a pregame mm -hmm. motivational speech. 24 mm -hmm. hours later, you are at church giving a sermon. Sure. And, you know, like this year, we'll play Wyoming. We'll play Montana. We'll open up against Montana. We'll get back to the airport at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I will go straight from Hickory, North Carolina, right into the pulpit. So I just have learned, you know, we played LSU the year that Hurricane Katrina was here. We got back at 645 in the morning. But I love being on the road with the team. And, you know, while they're studying game plan, uh, I'm reading books and kind of thinking about what I want to do uh, for the next weekend. So I just have – I feel like I've kind of been tailored for – you know, a, a job like this and getting to travel. I'm, I'm now at 140 straight Appalachian games. So being able to travel over the last several years, I have a wonderful wife and family who supported me. Uh, the church has been real flexible to let me go on the team. The coaches have been real great to let me do the pregame. But for the last uh, 11 years, I'm the only person that speaks on Saturday. Uh, I, the pregame meal is a silent meal. There's no phone. There's no texting. Everybody's stone quiet. The coach gets up and says, okay, we're going to have a pregame motivational. I speak. And then after that, we're out the door three hours before tip-off. And coach speaks again, you know, normally right before we walk out the tunnel. If it's a late flight back to Boone, North Carolina, 
and you are up early to give your sermon on Sunday, do you ever accidentally give the motivational speech from the game? No, no. You know, there's times that I thought about it, but, you know, between a Sunday service and then a Wednesday service, a Wednesday night coach's Bible study, and then a Saturday morning message, I generally come up with four different messages per week. And I don't, I try not to repeat them at, at, at each other. You know, it's just creative for me. Well, it's pretty inspiring. Uh, the chaplain with the team, uh, Appalachian State University football, is uh, Reggie Hunt. He's our guest right now. So the inspiring story of, of App State beating Michigan, that's great. Your inspiring story of being the team chaplain, sure. a pastor, and the football team's director of player development. Let's talk about the teams uh, before I let you go. Their community service. Um, weren't you telling me about a, an overseas project even that yeah, you do? Yeah, uh, do you yeah. do that with the players or is that just you that, and your that church? That was separate. But, you know, this year, uh, just between February and uh, the middle of April, we had over 140 hours of community service. So our team has done an extraordinary job working with five different uh, elementary schools and about four different uh, agencies ro- ro- ranging from the homeless shelter uh, to Habitat for Humanity, uh, the local farmer's market, uh, uh, autism camps, all of those kind of things we've done. And then this summer, I went on a separate trip outside of football to Honduras with 1,800 volunteers. We volunteered. Uh, that group volunteered and served um, all 18 states of Honduras. So it was an incredible week for us. 1,800 volunteers? 1,800 volunteers all flew to Miami. We chartered a 747, Boeing 747, like like, uh, Air Force One. We flew to Honduras. We had 24 buses that took us to 18 states. And then we had, uh, it was kind of, we went into various schools. We had over 400 people that went to uh, medical brigades in one area. We distributed shoes. We went into schools. We gave new curriculum. And then on the last day, it was kind of like watching the NCAA because there was a uh, televised all over Latin America was uh, the different states. So for three minutes you would see Cologne, and then for three minutes you would see San Pedro, and then for three minutes you would see La Ceiba, and you were seeing what was happening on one Saturday. And between those 18 states, we had uh, 100. Uh, I'm sorry, 1.6 million people uh, at live events in one night. So between those 18 soccer stadiums, so it was a wonderful event for us. Was it soccer? Um, what was, was that the template? Uh, no, the, was soccer it was a, behind? It was like an evangelistic crusade on the last ah, night. Okay. Yeah, so the last night was great. And what is? I'm guessing the way you described that, 1,800 people from the United States going mm-hmm. to Honduras. What's the governing body from the U.S. that's doing this? Uh, the the group that we went with was a friend of mine named Dominic Russo. The event was called One Nation One Day. And the, the goal was to reach one nation in one day through service and evangelism. So it was a wonderful opportunity. We had doctors uh, and nurses and, you know, pastors, ministers. Uh, the youngest person in the group that I saw was nine. The oldest person on my team was 80. So it was a vast, you know, group of people age-wise and wow. diversity-wise. Uh, just a wonderful event. The, the uh, president of Honduras had declared it a national holiday. And the security that we have was amazing. So, you know, five of the most dangerous cities in the world uh, were in Honduras. Uh, the state that we were in, 20 people uh, die per day. And in the nation of Honduras for that week, there were no murders oh, nationwide. That's awesome. So it was a really fun, you know, event. So I've been able to really just be blessed with the opportunity to, you know, do trips like that um, and do those in the spring and in the summer mm-hmm. when football's a little bit slower and then come back here, get checked in for camp, be with the guys from August, you know, through December and balance my church world, my family world, uh, the athletic world um, as well. So it's been fun. You got a lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on. <laughs> well, let me uh, finish with this last question for you. Um, as a pastor, 
Reggie Hunt is our guest again. He's a pastor here in Boone, North Carolina. And also, the other hat he wears, uh, several hats, one of his hats is that he's the pastor and player development director for the Appalachian State University football squad. Um, you give the pregame motivational speech. Sure. I'll call it the pregame prayer. Sure. Uh, it's a state school. Sure. Is there any, I guess, uh, fight from the other side of the non-secular side of the fence that says, hey, let's keep church and state separate. Uh, we shouldn't have a prayer on campus. Sure. I mean, is that something that you just see on a cable news station, or is that a real problem that might exist? I, I think it's a real uh, challenge to be aware of. You know, we've had guys in, on our team that are uh, Jewish, that are atheists, that are agnostic, that are Christian, that are, uh, you know, uh, Zen Buddhists, you know. Faith plays a role in everybody's life in some capacity, uh, whether you're Tim Tebow and uh, you're pretty expressive about your Christian faith or you're Tiger Woods and meditation as a Buddhist is important to you. So when we say faith, we're not just talking about Christianity. Uh, we're talking about how faith is a, is, is a part of, the, uh, of an individual's life. But here at Appalachian, you know, Appalachian is a state-supported school, so when I do the pregame message, I'm not trying to establish a church. I'm trying to motivate men to be better men on and off the field. You know, and so the messages that I give in that capacity, I have to learn how to connect with a guy. So I might start off with a scripture, uh, or start off with a, with a quote. I'll start off with a quote that that maybe um, uh, Albert Einstein said: uh, "The current problems that we face cannot be resolved by remaining at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them." Uh -huh. So I'll start off with the Einstein quote: uh, "How can we be better this year than we were last year?" And I'll talk about mindsets, and I'll talk about uh, adaptations, and I'll talk about self-awareness, and I'll talk about all those kind of things. And then I may give illustrations, you know, uh, of people from the Bible who uh, had to adapt, people who refused to back down, people who were motivated. And one day, uh, these men are going to go beyond football. Hopefully, these lessons, you know, will, will be important for them. This way, I haven't really uh, the, the, the challenge that we have with the separation of church and state is not establishing religion on a state campus. When you give a message like that as a motivational and you're referencing illustrations or you're referencing the Bible, you're not establishing religion. You know, okay. uh, and so in the same clause that we have the separation of church and state, we also have the exercise uh, and the freedom uh, to exercise, you know, our beliefs and our religion. So we always have to find that balance of that. And I just for 13 years now have just uh, understood that Appalachian is, is, not, is not a church. Uh, yeah. And when the people, you know, come to our church, uh, they get a little bit different, you know, vibe. Uh, I'm a little bit more uh, expressive maybe there. I'm a little bit more direct there. Uh, and also as a staff employee, um, I have to be mindful that uh, in the room are going to be different people at different life stages and different levels of faith. And so uh, my invitation is not for you to join a church. My invitation is for us to have a relationship in which I believe and engage in a relationship we can be better together. Well, whatever you said before that Michigan game, say that again. <laughs> I tried a couple times. Uh, you know, I tried to, I, I haven't repeated any messages, but there's a few phrases that have worked, you know, time and time again. But the, every year is a little bit different, and I, I probably put more pressure on myself than, than some realize to kind of come up with a good message, maybe, maybe eight hours for a 10-minute pregame. I got to ask, did you hear any, hear any feedback from uh, anybody in Columbus, Ohio, I got to believe the Buckeye fans, the Ohio State fans in Columbus, Ohio, 
love Appalachian State after that win over Michigan. You know, I'm going to Ohio this weekend to speak at the church, and the church <laughs> loves me just because we beat Michigan. Uh, but really, you know, after the week after Michigan was just so wild for our whole guys. You know, you had folks from uh, from Orlando and from L.A. Times, you know, and Sports Illustrated, and all these people were here interviewing. But the most amazing thing was to see the two charter buses that pulled up at the Appalachian bookstore, got off the bus, bought a whole lot of Apple, Appalachian gear, got back on the bus, and probably drove up to Ohio. And we have seen all kinds of Ohio State folks who have just thanked us. And all the T-shirt companies here made, you know, just <laughs> well over their, their budget uh, after that game because they just printed shirts. Like, we have shirts here that say, uh, where is Ann Arbor? Because Michigan is the trademark. Yeah. So ah. we can't say, where is Michigan? We just have, where is Ann Arbor? Where I bet you know where Boone, North Carolina is, you know. Uh, and so we've, we've had to work around the trademarks. But all the Ohio State fans still love us. You're big in Ohio. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, they love us there. Reggie Hunt, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and uh, sharing your faith with us, your work as a pastor, and your work as the uh, player development director with Appalachian State University Football. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for being with us, and we really enjoyed you today. And it's, I'm great, to, uh, honored to, to meet you and, and have a new friend. Hi, this is Randy Etzel, head football coach at the University of Maryland, and you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. We travel the country to meet up with student-athletes and young uh, adults to talk about service projects and philanthropy, community service, and we've uh, wanted to meet uh, you, Deo, here at Alvernia University from the men's basketball team. Deo, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. We've heard about some of the projects you guys have been doing. What, do you, uh, what can you tell us that the basketball team and the rest of the student-athletes have been up to? Uh, well, we do a lot with uh, the community. Uh, we try to give back as much as we possibly can. Uh, recently, we've done a project uh, to help students uh, and, and children of the young age uh, develop basketball skills, um, just even in slight ways that we can just help out, give them a helping hand just to develop them through, get them better at playing the games of basketball. Well, you've got that physical fitness, you're, you're lean, you're in shape, uh, that's a huge social issue, child obesity, you work with these kids, uh, it's got to make you feel good to know that they're looking up to you, yeah. literally and figuratively, because of the uh, physical fitness that's so important in your life, you right. can make it important in their life too. Right, absolutely. Um, Anything that we can help with, I mean, we if we just want to be uh, just mentors in, in word, that's great. Mentors in, in physical actions, we can. So, I mean, we do, we do the best to promote phys physical fitness, I mean, throughout our team, throughout the school, throughout the community, younger children. So, yeah. All right. Let's have a round of applause for Deo. Thank you so much for helping out and for all of your community service here at Alvernia University. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.